Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything on today's show. I chased this man down. I actually saw an ad that he was doing for Adaptive Training Foundation. He was talking about it, and it really sparked my interest. And then I did a, a bit of a deep dive, and it was like I, everything great kept coming up. I just was talking with him, telling him how great his teeth look. You're, if you're watching, you can see him. His beard is, he's got beard game. Um, he's got the craziest abs you ever see. But the, the thing that stood out for me was the mindset and the heart of this young man and uh, what he's doing, not only to help people physically, but also, uh, you know, through their mindset, through every aspect of their life. Um, so uh, he's a mindset uh, and breath coach um, and very many other things, too, that we're going to get into. But please, please welcome to the show, Mr. Mo Brosette. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate it, man. Glad to be here. I said the last name right too. Am I correct? I didn't destroy it. You did. You're you are you are of a small percentage of the population that gets that right. So how do they how do they generally say it? They say uh Brosetti. Brosetti, Brosset. Um yeah, those are those are the two common. Well, I, I, I think it's incredible, man. Let's, let's dive right into this stuff, man. Yeah. When you say a breath and mindset coach, a lot of people hear the woo, 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 but you actually have actionable things that are, that are helping people to, you know, conquer their fears and put a yep. mindset in place. Can you tell me how this came to be and, you know, what, how, how you were able to do this and how can my breath change my life? Yeah. I mean, to start, the breath is the most powerful tool every human being possesses. And if and when you understand it and learn how to use it, brother, you can literally change everything in your physical being and outside as well. Um, you know, the work that I do with our foundation at Adaptive Training Foundation is, is very special. So we're based out of Dallas and we have we run a nine-week training program, cost-free for both veterans and civilians. And when I first came onto the foundation, uh, we, we didn't have a mindset side of the program. We were just doing the physical training. And at the time, I was also transitioning a little bit out of, out, of, out of racing Ironman triathlon and coaching Ironman triathlon as well, where a majority of the coaching process for that race is mental. So I knew a little bit about mindset. I was already diving into meditation and a little bit of breath work. And so my work with the foundation we, we train them for nine weeks and then we take them on a trip at the end of it to celebrate their victories and all the things they've accomplished. Well, we came back from one of our trips and one of our Marines that went through that program called my buddy, our founder, and said, hey, man, I'm not good. I can't do this anymore. I'm out. And he had his pistol in his hand on the phone and my buddy David heard him rack around in his pistol. Um, he was going to take his life. And so we were able to get him into a treatment facility that night. Luckily, thankfully, he's still here, um, alive and thriving. And, but from that instant, two of our other veterans that same week said, Hey man, we need some help. We're not right either. And we all got together and I had a bit of background in this. So he was quite literally like throwing me in the deep end of the pool. He was like, Mo, I need you, bro. Like here's, here's, you see what's happening. Let's go. And so that's, that was literally the birth of the mindset program and adaptive training foundation. And, you know, cause what, what we found out really quickly Kelly is, I mean, it's like anything, dude. Like, you know, you go to a conference, you go to a week long or weekend conference where it's a bunch of like-minded people, you're jamming, you're vibing, you're doing all the things. And then you go home where it's quiet. Or then you go to your spouse that really doesn't understand. You really haven't talked to them a lot and they don't understand you. They don't get it. They don't see the changes. And then all those old thoughts, all those old, de old demons come creeping back in your head. And that's where you start to make what we call a permanent, uh, permanent, <laughs> a permanent result to a temporal solution. 
So uh, we were able to combat that with creating the mindset side of our program and really helping them understand that it's, it's not about not feeling fear. It's not about not feeling afraid. It's about using this thing, our breath, to reset and regulate our central nervous system. And then once we do that, we transition our language. We start to recognize the patterns of negative negating words like I can't, I don't want to, I'm afraid, I'll never be able to, etc. And we reframe this, those words into what can I do? And when you do that in a calm central nervous system regulated state, that's when changes happen. That's when you can start to see possibility and opportunity instead of things that you were told you couldn't or wouldn't be able, be able to do ever again. And you know, that is veteran and civilian alike. You know, a lot of the, the veteran population, obviously, that we work with can stem from trauma experience in service. However, a lot of the trauma, even in military personnel, happened way before they enlisted. So to get to the root of those things, we have to go back. But that's, you know, I'm getting, I'm going down a rabbit hole now, but that's, that's how we started it. And, and that's what we do. So now in the nine week program, we train our, 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 and we call them athletes based off the Bill Bowerman quote, if you have a body and you're in motion, you're an athlete. So we train them Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And when they come in, I get them for about 15 to 20 minutes. And we go through a breath practice before the workout. And we focus on a specific thing, like recognizing negating languages, focusing on what can I con- control today? What am I afraid of? How am I going to handle the stress if I fall or whatever it may be? And then they go do their training session. Then the most important part, when they finish the session, they come back in and see me. We do a different type of breath work to reset the central nervous system. And then we say, okay, guys, great. Look, you just showed us and you showed yourself and everybody in here that you were able to do this thing out there that you didn't think you could do before. Now, how can you do that same thing in life? You know, because it's cool. Yes, you can walk again for the first time. That's amazing. You're doing all these things in the gym. But if you can't be a better human being once you leave the walls of this foundation in traffic at the grocery store with your spouse, with your family and friends, then we've not done our job. So that's really how we approach the mindset side of what we do. And it's really the heart and soul of the program. So, Mo, when I've when I've been around and getting the chance to be around people, right, when you when you find someone who uh, maybe works with abused children, they came from an abused place. Right. And I mean, it's not all the time, but it's a lot of times. And what I found in the in like the personal development space, whether it be the physical part or the mental part, um, you know, the the people have such a passion for it that are helping people because they've gone through traumas early on. Now, I see you. You're probably one of the most fit guys in the world. I don't know why you're not Captain America. When they brought on this new Captain America, they should have brought on Mo Brosette. Like, because seriously, like seeing you and if you out there watching, if you see him, I mean, it is ungodly. Like, I don't, I told him, I don't want my wife to watch your YouTube or your Instagram or anything that you're doing because she'll see what's possible in a man. But talk to us, take us back to young Mo. I mean, did you struggle with your body early? Did you struggle with that tension, with that fear, with all those things? Or were you just born a superhero, Mo? <laughs> no, man. I was, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny now. and I, I didn't take it personally, but I mean, I was scrawny growing up. My, my stepdad would always tell me, he would say, hey, turn sideways and stick out your tongue. And I would do it. And he would look, human zipper. So, <laughs> I mean, when I was in high school, my freshman year of high school, I was five foot two and weighed 100 pounds, literally. Um, I did grow, I did grow, thankfully. Um, but you know, I, I've always been, I've always been infatuated with, with fitness, like 
movement and elevating myself to the next level has literally just been the way I've operated since I, I can remember. And I remember my friends like back in the day when I started first skateboarding, you know, we had a launch ramp and I was trying to, to successfully launch off the ramp and land it. And I would not stop. And I remember one of my friends looked at me and goes, you just like, you're not going to quit until you, until you make it. I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's just, it's just who I am. Um, my mother's the same way. Like she's always instilled in me that, you know, you can do it. I can do it and I can show you how to do it as well. So, but no, man, I like insecurities run, run deep, you know, like I, I thank you for all the, all the acknowledgements and accolades, but it's, it's, it's also, you know, I've, I'm very particular about my body. I take care of myself. There was a point that like most people in college, I gained, I, you know, I was, I was, I gained a lot of weight just from bad lifestyle habits and, you know, drinking and all that stuff. And I got myself right. And you know, my family history, you know, people may look at me and say, Hey, look, you've got it all. You, you're, you're healthy, all these things. But you don't also know that my mother's side of the family is riddled with heart disease, high cholesterol, type two diabetes, high blood pressure. So it's imperative for me to take care of my body so that number one, I can stay healthy and live a long life, but also so I can show the people that look, this takes work. This isn't, this doesn't come naturally and easy for me. You know, I do these things because I love them, which is why I feel like I'm successful at it. I don't see what I do training my body as work. Is it hard? Hell yeah, it's hard. And also I love it because it makes me better. But yeah, man, like I have insecurities like anyone else. I mean, dude, like male pattern baldness runs in my family. And I remember <laughs> talking to my mom when I was little, I was like, mother, please promise me that this is not going to happen to me. Like, and she was like, you know, what any mother would say, okay, son. Well, <laughs> that didn't happen. And still like it's, it's something that I, I don't like till to, I don't like today. You know, I am, I, I have a complex about not having hair. I have it. It's there a little bit, but it's not, you know, where I want it. So but it, it's work. I know I'm not perfect. I don't expect to be perfect. And it's, it's one of those things that I get to work through, you know? Um, and it's, that's a little one, but it is something that, that to show that I, I have, I mean, man, I've got plenty of flaws like everybody else. I have just learned through the work that I do and how I've grown up to man, take it in stride. And you know, if this is the worst it is, okay, good. Also, what did I learn from this thing? You know, what did I learn through the, through traumas that I experienced as a child, um, through, you know, my, my stepfather really not, well, not being there and blaming me for everything and all the things that early on in my life where, you know, if you told me, if I felt like you were telling me what I was thinking, because everything that I did was everything that happened was my fault, um, based in his eyes, man, I would come at you with every verbal assault I could. And I had to learn through the, through my growth and through my process and through my work that, you know, that was old. That's an old pattern that's no longer here. That's no longer realistic. So, Mo, when did you make the decision? Because a lot of times when, you know, you're talking about your stepfather, right? And and mm-hmm. if you're watching, you see Mo. And when you started talking about your stepfather, your whole countenance changed. Like, it was almost like, yeah, I don't know what these muscles are called. You do because I don't have them. Yeah, you traps. have them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so your, your traps like started to get flexed. Like if you go back and I I invite you, if you're watching right now, rewind and then watch. And as you started talking about your stepfather and the things that you were told about, when did you make the decision, Mo, that you weren't going to go down that road because most abusers become, or most who are abused become abusers? Man, (laughs) 
I remember I was probably seven or eight years old out in my backyard, literally fighting him in my mind, saying, I will never be like you. So, and listen, I say that, you know, he passed away a few years ago. And I remember, like, I haven't had a relationship with him since I was 18. He left my mother. It's not it. But, uh, you know, my some family friends called and said, hey, he passed away. I was like, okay, don't care. <laughs> but, and I was able to reconcile that actually back in 2020 and a little uh, spiritual ceremony that I was going through. And I recognized it. And I was like, you know what? Look, what he did was not good. He wasn't a great father. He wasn't a great role model, but he was doing the best he could. Was it good? No. But what did I learn from it? I learned that I did not want to be that way. I learned how to, I learned how to not treat people in a, in a good way, you know? Um, but I mean, look, I also grew up, I mean, I was a, I was a youth group leader since, I mean, man, since 10th grade, I was involved in all sorts of sports and clubs and my, I've always wanted to be in the space where I've helped other people. And, you know, I, I, but with that, that old version of me that the young mode didn't recognize that I didn't recognize my patterns, the quick temper, you know, my temper was so bad when I was young. And it's, it's because I feel of that because again, man, if, if I thought you were threatening me or threatening who I was or anything like that, all the things that, that I now know were a product of, of, of the way that he spoke to me and treated me again, like, man, I was, I was coming hard at you with everything I could. Um, so yeah. So Mo, talk to us too about the, the, the sports aspect of it. You talked about the sports, the movement, everything like that. And I think this is so important, not only just from a winning standpoint from a kid, right. But just Mm -hmm. as far as a mindset, how important is it that a kid get involved in sports early on, no matter what the sport is, so they can start to utilize those kind of principles as they move forward in life. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's important. I also feel like, man, you have to let kids be kids. You know, I work with a lot of parents and I work with a lot of kids and I feel like sometimes that we, we turn that into the second job for the child and they don't have time to just be a kid and do what they want to do. You know, I, I do believe that being, being, being physical, be put, being put in a sport, learning how to communicate with someone, learning how to, to, to work as a team and also learning how to hone skills is important. But I also feel like, you know, if the kid gets in there and they don't like it, and that's not their thing. Don't make them do it because what you can potentially do is set in an early trauma that can last a very, very long time. So you have to listen to your child. You have to give them the opportunity to say no, you know, they're intuitive. Like we are all intuitive human beings until we're told that we're not. So I would say, put your child into something, let them play, man. Ask them if they want to do it. If they don't, don't make them, don't force them into it. Um, you know, and just allow them to be a child, but man, be physical, get outside. Movement is key. Movement is the key to everything. That's what we do as human beings. We are not designed to sit and stare at a screen. We're designed to be out in nature. We're designed to in, to do all those things. So maybe your child is more of an artist. Maybe they're a painter. Maybe they like to dance. Maybe they like to create like that. Rad. And also bring them out in nature. You know, expose them to the world. That is what I feel like more more parents need to do for their children. Like, yeah, let's get into sports. And also, let's go out and see the world. And when I see the world, I don't mean go downtown. I don't mean go see a movie or go to the mall. I mean, get out into nature where we are meant to be. That's where we heal. That's where we create. That's where the central nervous system automatically regulates itself. 
talk to us too. Probably one of the most intriguing things that I saw was the um, the Young Alpha Academy. Um, if I'm yeah. saying it right, if I'm saying it right, yeah. But yes. it's it's one of those things where I, I think that in in today's time, when you speak of alpha, a lot of times people see it as a negative. They see uh-huh. it as oh, I'm going to overpower you. But I see this alpha part of it that is being the alpha of yourself and of your own mindset. I, maybe I'm uh, interpreting it completely different uh, than, than where you're seeing. Can you talk to us about the young, uh, the young alpha Academy and why it's so important and actually what it is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing Like, there's a massive misconception about masculinity and being, you know, the toxic masculinity and, you know, you, and there's this, there's a misconception around what it means to be an alpha male or an alpha female or an alpha in general. And the misconception is you see the, you know, the CEO, the, the, the person that walks the room, they own the room. That's not an alpha human. It can be a degree, but that's just a scared little boy that doesn't know how to control their emotions. An alpha man, woman, or young man or woman is someone that is confident. They can look at, so the point of the young alpha program is to teach young men how to be men, how to look you in the eye and speak with confidence and with clarity how to shake your hand, how to open the door for people, how to be courteous, how to be kind, how to take up for one another. You know, like if, 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 if a young man sees another one of his friends being bullied and you can go help, you know, don't pull out your phone, don't record it, go, go help resolve the situation, whether that's talking them down or if there's a need to be physical, then there's a need to be physical. There's room for that as well. But an alpha young man and man, they're also compassionate. They know how to go within. They know how to recognize their faults. They know how to recognize their language, their self-talk. They're, again, they're courteous to people. So the, the, the purpose of this program is really to, to allow boys to be boys because they have literally been demonized for having testosterone. And it's not toxic. Like that's, being, being an alpha male is not toxic. Being, being a toxic human, that's toxic stuff. But being a man and, and, and having the, 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 the characteristics of a young male that is 13, 14 years old and our body is being flooded with testosterone, you have to be able to get that stuff out. You have to have room to, to, to break things, to explore, to, to get into arguments, to be physical. That's what we do. You know, we, we used to be able to do that. Like, you know, Kelly, like we, if something happened to us when we were kids and we got into a tussle with our friend, sure, we got in trouble. But then we're like, hey, you guys shake it, hug out and hug it out and get on with your day. And that's what we did. <laughs> but we, we, we can't do that anymore. And so I feel like the reason I created this program is because I know so many young men that man literally cannot look at you in the eyes and say, hello, you know, that's the problem. What are those, what are those young men turning into? They're going to turn into grown men that have, 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 have insecurities. And so what do they do? Then they treat people less than, then they treat people poorly. Then they snap on people. That's the, that's the, that's the toxicity that we're dealing with. We're not dealing with the fact that we don't, that alpha is a bad thing. We're dealing with the fact that boys can't be boys and men can't be men without being judged about it. And so what are we supposed to do? Well, talk to us too about how, how important it is in relationships, because I think one of the big things with my mom, my mom was a, uh, was a, 
uh, stickler for this man. Like, you know, when she, when she raised, she raised three boys and she would stand in front of the door and make sure that we opened the door. She would, every, every door we went to, whether it be the mall or whatever, she would stand in front of it and just look at us. Like, I'm not going in until you open the door. And what she yeah. taught us was being a man gave us the opportunity to be able to love a woman the way that the woman needed to be loved. Um, can you talk to us about the impacts that you're seeing on these men that you're helping to create and their relationships as they move forward? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. And look, now I want people to hear this as well, especially the, the ladies that are listening. Man, if, if a guy opens a door for you and if you don't want that, communicate that in a kind way. You know, don't don't be mean. Like we're, we're doing it genuinely out of, out of courtesy. Like I'll tell you this, my fiance, we've been together for two and a half years now. And every, I open the door for her when we get in my truck every time. And every time I do it, it's like the first time she absolutely loves it. I walk on the outside of the sidewalk just to protect her. She loves those things because she feels safe. She feels like I'm, I'm present. I'm aware of her and that I care. So, um, so, so for men, to be able to do this and recognize that, hey, man, this is your opportunity to help someone. This is your opportunity to, to, to let someone know that you care, that you're actually here for them, and that you're looking out for their needs as well. You know, because everyone, that's, that's what we all need, Kelly. Like, if it's, even if it was me and you, you know, like, I know you're going to open the door for me, I'm going to open it for you. Because that's what we do as courteous men towards one another. So for the men that I work with in my alpha leadership program, it's imperative that they do those same things. It's imperative that they also learn to how, how to communicate with their spouse, their wives. Um, and so and you know, how do you do that? How do you say, hey, 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 babe, I love you. I need you. I want to be here to protect you, but also I need protection as well. So, you know, in, in answering your question, I feel like it's important for I feel like it's important for men to step into that role because we are the protectors. Yes, and I'm not saying, ladies, that you can't protect and you are protectors as well. However, a majority of the women I speak with, if I ask them this question, hey, would you would you like it if your husband or your your, your male counterpart did these things for you? Ninety eight percent of the time, it's an it's a resounding yes. So, and, and it, it gives it gives the man purpose. It gives him meaning, and also helps him look outside of himself because we get to serve the other person. That's what it's about. So. Help, uh, help us to understand some of the, the lessons that mama taught you about the, the relationships, right? Because I think a lot of times when, when we're growing up as men, um, you know, we look to, the, sometimes we look to the way that our father treated our mother, and then we mimic it. And then there's times where, and I, I can kind of feel this from you, where you saw maybe not that great of treatment, uh, you know, happening, stepfather, whatever it was. And then mom comes in and she covers. And this was a thing that I connect with you on because, you know, my pop growing up, uh, you know, amazing, amazing man. Um, but there was times where, you know, my mom was covering us with prayer. My mom was covering us, telling us we were going to move mountains, that we were built for certain things. And now I hold on to those things. And she also let me know if you ever, ever, disrespect woman, I will beat you with a broom. She was a small woman, but she would get on a chair and she would knock somebody out. So yeah. talk to us about some of the lessons that your mama taught you uh, that, that you hold on to now and, and that your, your fiance is benefiting from. Man, damn. My mother, it wasn't so much, Kelly, what she 
literally taught me. It was her showing me by example. I mean, this woman, she was, she was one of the first two female state troopers in the state of Louisiana. Um, she worked tirelessly and she always made sure that we were taken care of. She made sure that I had everything and anything I needed. I mean, she's the one that taught me how to properly shoot a gun. She's the one that taught me how to change a bicycle tire. You know, I would just, I would watch her and really model her because she's the one where, you know, if you said, Hey, can you do this? She was like, yeah, I can do that. I'll figure it out. You know, <laughs> I remember one time I wanted bunk beds. She was like, hell, I'll just build them for you. I was like, what, what are you talking about? You'll build them for me. And you know, she's like, I mean, I can, I can do that. And she could, she, she, she taught me, she taught me respect. She taught me hard work. Um, I mean, literally man, everything, every, everything that's good in me stemmed from just being in her presence. She always made sure that I was safe. She always made sure that, I, that, that, that I felt special. Um, and in, in some, you know, to the, I guess, to the detriment sometimes of some of my other family because they thought I was being spoiled, but they, they didn't know what was happening on the other side, you know? So, uh, yeah, my, 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 my values and my, my character all stem from man, just watching this woman operate. Well, I think well, I want to compliment you too, Mo, because the reality that you are and that you possess, and I don't know, I mean, either you're a really, really good actor or, you're, you're as genuine as they come because a lot of times in the space where you are and you know, it's the rah, 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 they stand in you like you see a video of somebody or they'll get in your face and they'll, uh, you know, you're, you do public speaking, keynote speaking all over the world. One of the top at that. Um, and there's, there's guys that will be jacked, get up in front of people and be like, yo, you got to do this. You got to And half the audience, if not 75, 95% of them aren't in that space aren't in that space mentally and they just shut down to it and they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But it's amazing Mm -hmm. because you have the ability to do that, but you do it from a genuine sense. How have you been able to keep the type of humility that you have and stay as genuine as you are, no matter if someone touches you on Instagram or touches you in person that how are you able to stay so authentically Mo all the time? Man, thank you for that. (laughs) Give me a second on that one, buddy. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, man, my job here on this planet is to help. My job is to serve. I, I feel like I have a, I feel like I have a gift with connection with people. I feel like I, I can see people where they are and for who they are. And, um, I just, I speak from my heart, dude. Like I don't, I speak about facts. I speak about science when I need to, and I speak from experience. And I just, I like to tell stories. I like to tell stories about me, about my faults, about my flaws and about other people. And I've, I, I, I guess I've, I've been told that that's, that's the way I connect with folks. And man, I just, again, I, I speak from my heart and I am so on fire and passionate about what I do and what I get to do and, and how, and I'm not saying I do this, this isn't me, this is you, but because I've seen it, if you can listen and take some of this to heart and start implementing it, man, the life that you could live. So, you know, if I can convey that in to someone through my speaking and through my passion and through the way that I communicate, brother, that's what I want to do. You know, that's, that's worth all the gold in the world to me. And, you know, I'm not the type of guy that will ever get up and be like, yeah, let's go. Um, it's just not who I am. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I, again, man, I speak from my soul and, what you see is what, what comes out from my soul. So with the, I mean, you're, you're a very tactical guy, like, and I, I want to tell you how much I, I respect it 
right? Talk to us about when that's got you in trouble. Because I'm a systems guy. But systems get me in trouble with my wife. Because my wife will be like, you ain't trying to pull that crap on me. Like, I, I know I can see right through it. So, you know, being a regimented guy, and we've talked about this uh, before, not you and I, but uh, I've got a chance to talk about it on the podcast, and we've, we've had discussions on this, that a lot of times our rituals become our religion. And we mm-hmm. think that our joy is linked to the fact that we get up and we do these things. But the, 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 the joy comes from the vision, like the reason why you're doing it in the first place. So if you get up mad and, you know, just work out and you're mad at working out, you're not going to get to a point where someday you're going to have abs and then be happy. Does that make sense? Right. So when, when, when's the last, uh, let's, let's go through a couple. When's the last time that your systems got you in trouble (laughs) and bit you in the butt and then uh, talk to us about, uh, you know, how you're able to stop the rituals from being a religion. Uh, man, you know, I don't, I mean, honestly, man, I don't know. I have to think really hard about last time something like that got me in trouble. Um, I could tell you just, just like from, from being that regimented dogmatic human. Well, no, I'm, was, I'm saying like, like with your relationship right now, yeah. you know, with your relationships oh, yeah. there, like I, my wife was like, I have a, a ritual of like, I get up in the morning, I go to the beach, I write, I read all this stuff. And then my wife the yeah. other night was like, I would like to snuggle in the morning. And I was like, well, I'm not getting enough attention, all the stuff. And she's like, I'm trying to give you attention in the morning, dummy, but you keep getting up and leaving the bed. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I was like, whoa, you know, and I was thinking, man, I'm doing God's work. I'm waking up in the morning. I'm going and spending my personal time. And then she's like, hey, dummy, like stay in the bed, like stay in the bed for a little bit. When, when, come on, Mo, like the, we, we want, we want the real stuff. When, I mean, life ain't all getting your abs no. pumped. I mean, it's, it's yeah, sometimes yeah. eating some ice cream with your lady. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, <laughs> I, I've learned through years, through the years. And again, I, I, just, I don't know because I've, I've come to a space where I was so regimented because it used to get me in trouble with not so much. My, my, my ex-wife was very regimented to the point where if it was, if it was not on the schedule, if it was not, if it was not set, man, like it was the wheels fell off. And so, and by the way, like she's an amazing human being. We're still best friends today. I love her still as much as I did when we were married. Um, but really, I'll be straight up with you, man. Like that model for me, what not to do? That model for me to to chill out. Um, I used to be so regimented when I was racing Ironman distance triathlons and coaching it that, like, you know, I was I was. It, and again, it wasn't with her. It wasn't with relationships. It was with more. It was more with other people. I would shut things down. I would shut people down because I had to do these things. So for me, it wasn't so much with that. Um, the, the, the example that you're giving. So like now with my fiance, Kirsten, yeah, it, uh, it, it's more self-work for me, but if she were ever like, Hey, Mo, I, I, if you want, if she asked me to do something like that, or if I picked up on the signal of it, I'm, I've, I've done enough work over the years that I'm better attuned to it. So I can, I can pick up on that. I'm like, okay, copy. I'll stay right here. <laughs> you're, you're so, a lot wiser. Listen, you're a lot wiser yeah, than it, me, but, man. Yeah. And I'm look, I feel like, again, brother, like I've done so much of this stuff and I was so damn strict for so long and I've seen it modeled that way that it was literally like, no, no, I don't want to, I'm not doing that. 
So, so. Uh, another thing that I see too, man, is when I see high performers, right? And I, I've got a chance as you go along in life and, and things happen. And I've been very fortunate. And I want to thank every single person out there listening and watching for getting us ranked in the top 1% in the, uh, globally as far as podcasts. And I want to I thank every one of you because it's the reason why, I mean, for, for us, the reason why we're here is because of every single one of you. And so we must have lost Mo there for a second, but we are going to keep on rolling. But what I find is a lot of times that creates a ton of pressure. It creates crazy amounts of pressure where you think that you have to perform at a certain level. And so uh, that's the thing that, that I want every single person out there, when you see a Mo, uh, when you see a person that's at the level that Mo is, um, a lot of times we f- you start to feel pressure. As you progress in your life, you start to feel pressure. And I think the biggest thing uh, that I want to give to you today is make sure that you leave space, that you leave space for God to be able to bless you. Because when we're in that place of, you know, I have to perform, I have to be in this place, I have to do these things, a lot of times we don't leave the, the, the opportunity or the space for people to be able to come in and bless us. And because we're so hard charging. Um, so I, I think we're going to try and bring uh, Mo back. He's on his way back in right now. Um, that's why I love, that's why I love Mo live TV uh, because we, we have that. So what I was saying, what I was saying to the audience as you were gone is a lot of times when we're flying in the high, like when, as we start flying in, in uh, you know, a little bit different orbit, and things start working well, then we start to feel the pressure of performance, right? Uh And when we feel the pressure of performance, we're not giving space for the blessing. Can you talk to us? Because you seem like you've mastered this part. Because, again, you're you're a hard-charging guy, but also you're taking the time to breathe and help the person with their mindset. So how can, how are you able to take yourself and take that pressure away from you and continue to add space where the, where that's really truly where the blessing is. Man, that's a great <laughs> brother. That's the hard one. <laughs> that's the one that I've, I've continued to work on. And, you know, especially as, as an entrepreneur and someone that, you know, my, my business depends on me going out and making stuff happen. It is incredibly challenging sometimes just to let myself be. And that's what I have to do. I have to remind myself like, man, it's okay. You know, when I was going through my meditation teacher training, one of the most profound things that she taught us was like, you know, we're, we're human beings, not human doings. Stop trying to do so much so often. And I feel like as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, you know, we see it all, you see it all on Instagram, you see it all over the place, like the hustle and the grind. And, you know, you'll sleep when you're dead, get up at five o'clock in the morning and do all the things. And yes, there's some, there's some space and time for that. However, what I found is that if, if that's how you're going to operate, you're missing out on life, number one. Number two, you're going to miss out on connections. You're going to miss out on literally just being you. And if you're always running and gunning and stressed out, then you have no room to recover, regenerate, and really get creative, which as an entrepreneur and as a, as a, as a businessman and as a creator, you have to have that space to chill out and restore and rest. So what I do, I make sure that you know my morning practice is a very – very, uh, sacred to me. Now there are some, there are times where I can't do that, where I just need to get up and go, but I will make sure that I have time sometime during that day, whether it's on the commute to wherever I'm going, man, I'll put on some really chill music or just something nice. And the entire trip of wherever I'm going, 
I'm sitting up nice and tall with my hands at 10 and 2 on the steering wheel. I'm breathing. I'm doing diaphragmatic breath. I'm regulating my central nervous system, and I'm going through gratitude practice. So that if I've got to go hard in the paint all day long, man, in between those spaces, I'm practicing gratitude. I'm breathing. I'm resetting myself. Um, because, you know, again, that's the hard part, man, because you see all the people doing it. And it's, it's, it's early on, especially like, oh, well, well they're doing it. I got to do it. Well, you know, this guy's waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. He's got a list of things in his schedule from 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. I'm not doing that. Damn, I'm a failure. I got to, you know, and it's just this cat and mouse game. And you're never going to get caught up. <laughs> so, Mo, help, help me too, because I think a, a thing that eludes most people, and this is the reason why we created the hideout. Um, the hideout, for all of you listening, you guys have been hearing about it, but we created the hideout. It's two and a half days. There's only 12 people that can come. Uh, you have to apply and get accepted to be able to come. And what we do is we work on the one thing that's the endless source of uh, power in all things, which is joy. And that joy comes from falling in love with your current circumstances and allowing the magic to happen. And when you do that, then the real you comes to the, to the forefront. Help us oh, to understand how you're able to harness that joy because that's the part. I see people all the time that are like, you know, hey, I'm hard charging, I'm grinding, I'm doing this stuff. And they think because they profit or they, ex- or they excel that joy is going to come. And I've never seen that happen. I've seen joy yep. bring profit, but profit never brings joy. How, yep. are, how do you help people tap into that joy? Yeah, brother, that's why I created, that's part of the main reason I created the, my, my Alpha Leadership Program is because I've met many very successful men with millions of dollars in the bank, and quite literally one of more than one of them have told me, I'm hollow inside, I don't know who I am. You have to find joy. Like, joy and happiness need to be, that's how I drive what I do. You know, like, every, I, I, I've gotten to a point now with what I do with, with my profession, with, man, I, I wake up every day and I just take out time, like, God, thank you. <laughs> thank you for this. Like, am I, am I a millionaire? No, not even close, but man, I'm getting to do what I love. I'm, you know, like today, for example, you know, I was out at at a track in Dallas working with some people with sandbags and body weight stuff and just getting to share some things with them. And I'm walking around the track in between clients. I'm like, God, dog, this is what I get to do. You know, like again, am I driving a Bugatti? No. Do I care? No. Cause I'm literally at work right now in a tank top and flip flops on a track, you know? So Man, if you lead with joy and you find joy in your life, like you have to, you have to have happiness. You have to find who you are as a person, and who you are as a part of person is not what you do. It is not your title. It's not your role. It's not your responsibility. Who are you? That's the question. What would what would carefree you do, without judgment, without thinking? Well, what if somebody sees me? What would you do? And then go do that thing. And then find a way to bring that and, and adapt that into your life. It doesn't have to be daily, but it needs to be on a regular basis. What brings you joy? And also recognize this. What steals your joy? You know, what do you allow to get into your space? What do you allow to get into this space? What do you allow to get into this space and take that happiness from you? Because recognize this, friends, whoever's listening to this. The people that steal your joy or the situations or things that steal your joy, that's up to you. You know, you can change that. You can, you can, you can decide no longer. Do I want this to be in my existence to be part of who I am? I'm going to find people. I'm going to find circumstances. I'm going to find other situations and places to be where I'm happy. And guess what? When you start operating from that space, watch what happens. People will come to you. The right people, the right connections, the right sale, the people that you want to work with. 
that's what you have to do. Kelly, like what you're doing with that, man, <laughs> you've nailed it, brother. Well, I, and I thank you for it. I, I thank you, man. And uh, the, so a quick one is give me three actionable items because when, when you showed like the chest and you pointed at your heart, a lot of people were like, damn, like they, they didn't even, they couldn't even focus. I couldn't even focus, man. Like I see jacked uh, Hulk, Hulkamaniac uh, that's, that's here. So give someone, now we're talking to regular people out there. Right, right? right. there, and, and I'm one of them. Ninety five percent of us are regular people, and then there's superheroes right. like you. Give us three actionable items that will make our belly go away. Like, <laughs> and I don't think it'll go away tomorrow. But I'm talking about like, man, yeah. come on, bro. Like, you know, yeah. you gotta help. You gotta help a brother out. Yeah. Okay. These are the, these are the three, and these are in order. Okay. In okay. order. Write them down. In order. Number one, reduce your stress. Okay. Manage your stress. Because without, with, if your stress is high, cortisol is high, your body's producing cortisol, you're in a sympathetic nervous system state. When you're okay. in that state, you're in fight or flight, meaning your body's going to burn sugar and carbohydrates for fuel, and your ability to burn fat for fuel is going to be thwarted significantly, okay? So you have to manage stress. Number two is sleep. You have to sleep. If you're, not, if you're, if you're managing your stress and you're sleeping correctly and well and your sleep quality is good, your body is going to regulate itself. Then third is nutrition and your relationship with your nutrition. Those two things are key, okay? Because you can have the perfect diet on the planet. I always tell people, I, my, my joke is Jesus could come down and write your nutrition plan. You might get a bone on that one, but outside of that, <laughs> you're still not going to lose weight because you're stressed out, you're not sleeping, and you hate what you're eating. So if, if I give you, Kelly, hey, look, brother, here's your nutrition plan. I don't diet. We eat for fuel and we eat for enjoyment. You know, you have to eliminate the word cheat from your vocabulary, but your relationship with the food that you eat, being present when you eat, chewing well, eating whole foods. I don't care if you want to be plant-based, vegan, carnivore, whatever. You have to reduce your stress, sleep better, and have a better relationship with your food. That's how you get it. Then exercise. So let me read them back to you really quick. Reduce stress. Mm -hmm. We could do that. We could do that. Sleep, like <laughs> I'm telling you, like I was with you, and then you said nutrition. And I was like, man, he's trying to take away my pizza. He's trying to take <laughs> no, away my I'm pizza, not. bro. I'm not. I'm not taking anyways. Look, dude. Look, last night. La here's an example. Last night we came home from my, my niece's house, and it was late, and I didn't want to go home and cook. We had, and I found this most amazing burger joint in Denton, Texas, and I'm talking about the patties were that thick, and a tray of fries, and I finished it with salted caramel ice cream. And then I went to bed about an hour later. Now, did I sleep well? No. But did it make me feel good? Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I eat what I, I used to, But here's the deal, bro. I used to be like that. I literally one time, this is what I was getting to when you asked me that question earlier. I remember going to some friend's house. They asked me to bring some chicken. I did not have time to go to Whole Foods or wherever to find the organic, free-range, grass-fed, gently massaged, and spoken to sweet chicken. <laughs> and I sat outside in the Kroger parking lot. And I had to talk myself into going into the store and buying a damn chicken breast. It was normal. So, you know, it, it, and that's why I say the relationship with your food. Dude, I will throw down an entire pizza. I will destroy you in a pizza eating contest and feel great about it and not beat myself up. That's what I'm talking about. That's what people have to do. We have to build a better relationship with our food. So I'm going to build a better relationship with the ice cream that I eat. Uh, and, and, and then when my belly is starts to drop, yeah. I'm going to be like, yo, coach Mo, like, look, check me out, bro. So man, I, I can't thank you enough. Now, 
Um, I started the podcast because of two people, uh, Maddox and McKenna. They're my two children, 13 years old, my daughter, and she's an artist. She's phenomenal. She's going to be a, a writer, producer, director. Um, she wants to act a little bit too. My little man, Maddox, is a superhero. This guy is on another level, like does, walks, uh, dry, uh, walks to this, a beat of his own drum. And I wanted to take iconic figures like yourself, Mo, and I wanted to show my kids that anything in the world was possible. I wanted to show them that anything was possible as long as you had the right attitude and the crazy work ethic. You're a mindset coach. Like, that's what you do. And so what advice would you have for Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use both of their names, it would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Maddox and McKenna, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Focus on your breath. This is the most powerful tool that you, that you have that you will ever possess. And when you learn to use your breath and learn to breathe and calm yourself down, and then once you do that, choose affirming, strong, positive language. Literally anything you want in this world is possible. You can create anything you want. You can be anything you want. That person that you're trying so hard to become, it's already you. You're, it, it's already there. You are that person. Now, that version of you is just waiting to come out. But when you learn to, like I said earlier in the podcast, speak and act from your heart and then let that go to here and then you tap into your breath, everything's going to be possible for you. You're going to be calm. You're, you're, you're going to take better tests. You're going to perform better. You're going to create better. Everything you do is going to be better. All you have to do is simply be still. Not even be still. All you have to do is be aware. Take a breath in through your nose and just let it go and repeat. It's that simple. Mo, you have been absolutely phenomenal, man. I mean, I, I tell you, we're probably going to have the highest ratings on YouTube we've ever had because everyone's like, eh, like I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of women viewers on this. Uh, check, checking <laughs> Mr. Mo out. They're not, they're going to be looking at Captain Caveman and wondering why, you know, he gets to hang out with uh, Captain America. But I, I want to thank you, man. I want to thank you for uh, your authenticity. I want to thank you for being vulnerable. Uh, I want to thank you also too for you know, not only the mindset part, because a lot of people tell us the methods, but you talk to us about like the things that you went through, which is real and reality. And I want to encourage you in that. I want to lift you up in that, man. And I want to thank every single listener out there from getting us ranked in the top 1% globally. I mean, guys, I'm like, you can see my smile or you, maybe you could hear it, but I, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you to all of our sponsors. Check them out. Click the links, do all the things that you know you need to do. You need to check out hunt. Uh, it's hunt dash. I, I don't know what that, that thing is in the middle. It's a dash. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. It's hunt dash prosper.com. You need to check uh, Coach Mo out, Mo Brissette. Um, and I am going to do something. I, I would love, man, I want you to come to the hideout. I want you okay. to come to the hideout. So we're going to be talking after the show, but all of you out there listening, there's only 12 that can come, and I'm going to work on forcing Mr. Mo to be my friend for the rest of his life and getting this amazing mindset coach, breath coach, to the, uh, to the hideout where you'll be able to spend two and a half days with them. It would just be amazing. You are a phenomenal human being. I can't wait to have you on again, man. And Thanks, uh, honestly, I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. <laughs> Easy day, brother. Done. <laughs> Mo, you're officially off the hot seat, man. Awesome. <laughs>